Hey, smarts and cheap pops, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. This is Silicon Steve Valley, and I'm with Vladi Daddy. Well, well, ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot of excitement about WWE before we get completely off the rails here. We have a situation now, WWE coming off one of their best weeks, strongest weeks. Some might even call it historic in terms of the ratings jump for Raw this past week. And the reviews for SmackDown, are, I'm sorry, the reviews for SummerSlam. Folks, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns had a great match. What's out of 17 times isn't bad, but we'll take it. And it was a great match with, a, with really good spectacle. Actually, told the story. And Raw hits 2.2 million. But today, more adversarial points of the night out of the way. My man, Vladdy Dottie, and myself, Silicon Steve. We're going to do a little AEW review. Vladdy Dottie, before we get into it, what has been your opinion of AEW, let's say, the last couple months since CM Punk beat Hangman Adam Page? Yeah, uh, I would say since everybody's gotten injured and the and MJF is no longer on the show, uh, I would say they have plummeted in terms of quality. That's my that's my take on it. Um, and and it just there's things that really irritate me as I'm watching the show. And let's to lead off, you know, here we're talking about dynamite. First match of the night, of course, everybody's favorite, Orange Cassidy. Not yours, Ooh, not mine, not mine yeah. by far. And and I'll say this, right? So, um, even Jay Lethal, right? I don't mind Jay Lethal by himself, or maybe in a different circumstance. I think he's a, a decent talent. And and speaking of which, Jay Lethal, of course, was a guy that started in like a comedic route, right? Just doing his macho man thing and then this rick flair thing and then now he's become jay lethal not people don't really call back to that stuff short of him coming out to you know his theme music every week now and here we are and then you have lethal against cassidy and um you know i understand that they're building towards Wardlow and Ca- and and lethal i get that however during this match where you know cassidy does his shtick this is what irritates me and it's not even cassidy the fact that we have a callback with those two douchebags, best friends that come out, and it's as if I'm watching an episode of The Little Rascals where the two kids are trying to get, like, and fool somebody at the newspaper stand or try to get into the movie theater and they're doing the tr- long trench coat thing and to go stand against Satnam Sat- Singh, who's an abomination in himself, who shouldn't even be in front of the camera at this point. Uh, the fact that they did a little rascals bit on a professional wrestling thing. Wait. And they couldn't even pull it off. Wait a minute. Are you sure it wasn't Muppet Man? Anyone that saw the uh, Muppets movie about a decade or so ago when they made their return? Muppet Man is when they all get together in a trench coat and the same thing. And unfortunately, as you can tell, just disaster happens. It's disaster. And again, this is how we open the show. Their flagship show. As Time Warner is going through a merger right here, and this is how they open it. Unprofessional. And just really, I just keep those D-bags off. And by the way, I'm going to mention one other thing since we're not going to talk about Rampage. Uh, another bonus. We can talk with, about Rampage. I just didn't see. It. I, I'm going to mention one little iota. If you go back to this, is what I'd like you to actually check out during Rampage and with the wizard Chris Jericho on commentary. During that six-man tag team match with the best friends in Orange Cassidy against Lethal and Company, um, Chris Jericho had the audacity to compare Chuck Taylor to Bobby Eaton. Oh, I heard that. He can go suck it, man. Like, I don't know how drunk he is on air, but to go and make that sort of comparison a week, almost a week to the to the day of the anniversary of Bobby Eaton's, you know, death, Chris Jericho has huge nuts and is either just drunk on power or just drunk. I don't know, but to go and compare those two guys, that's disgusting. I wouldn't have made the comparison, but I mean, I haven't seen it. I mean, I know Chuck Taylor has put in some bangers and he's a very good professional wrestler. I know you don't like him, but the guy, I mean, maybe his best stuff hasn't been in AEW though. They have been in some match of the year candidates. Of course, with, with uh, pride and proud and powerful. So, he might mean from a technical standpoint in terms of that tag team wrestler. 
I don't know. I don't necessarily agree. But, I mean, honestly, if Bobby Eaton was around today, maybe Chuck Taylor would. Yeah, he, he, you know what? Yeah, Chuck Taylor looks like a wrestler from the 1980s. There you go. He compared him to my, who might the person that might have been one of the greatest, if not the greatest tag team wrestler of all time. Come on. I mean, I understand putting the guy over, but this is a, a huge stretch and an insult in the same breath. It's my opinion. All right, so then you had that. Um, so I could have done without that. And like I said, even Orange Cassidy didn't even wasn't even the most annoying part of this. And I love the fact that he actually jobbed. Okay, and okay, I see. But here's here's what I don't understand: Why are they associating Wardlow with the best friends? Just because Orange Cassidy and Wardlow had a match, and they sort of high fived each other, and they have some sort of weird respect. You I mean, move on with it. Him. Yeah, you got respect from Wardlow. All right, well, move on from it. Like, it doesn't mean you have to go and tie storylines to this guy for the next few weeks. Wardlow doesn't need it. Is my opinion, you know? It's just for a match for this Saturday, man. It's just a short little build for for, 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 it's like a a week and a half build for a match on a TV show on Saturday. I mean, he's not building. Like, why? You have these, like, every build or everything needs to be WrestleMania here. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude! It just, just oh, no, no. all the belts on TNT, which no one's, you know, not, you know what I mean? Like we saw, we saw the world champion Moxley fight a guy named Roosh. Was there any build to that? We're seeing no. Moxley fight against some some other dude uh, uh, on Dynamite, Mance something or other. I never even heard of the guy. I know he was. What, what does that matter? Show. What one does or the other? What I'm saying is, AEW has world championship matches without builds. So why do we need a build that involves Wardlow? Why not? With- but why not have a build? You want every single story to be built the exact same way, almost like it's overproduced? Um, I'm saying, why are we basically attaching the hottest property in your company, especially with MJF, CM Punk, and Daniel and uh, Brian Danielson now, Wardlow, and you got to go and hitch him to the teen comedian with the little rascal act. How about that? It's not necessary in the slightest. This is the thing. People like the best friends and they like Orange Cassidy. You don't. That sucks. Just like I I can't stand watching The Miz 95% of the time and I can't stand watching Baron Corbin. Some people swear they're the two best heels of all time. So I get it. I've heard heard the Miz. It might not be for you, man. Yeah, and honestly, those two people that you just mentioned, they're not my favorite heels by any means either. I've heard, especially with The Miz, people tipping their hat to him. Even AJ Styles have heard. However, again, this is another thing. It's just, it's the misuse of Wardlow. He should be the shining star of Dynamite with all these injuries, especially. He's more, like, honestly, like, I, I don't even like comparing him to Goldberg because I think there's more to him than Goldberg had to him. I think he could be a bigger star. I think you just really think everything. It seems to me there's just a taste difference here. AEW takes a very long time telling their stories and building their stars. So it lasts longer. It's not just a flash in the pan. It's not just a person who gets hot for two years and then see you later. And it's something that you you might and a lot of people may not be able to adjust to because we're so used to WWE storytelling for the last decade, which is going to change now, by the way. But I, I, I just again, you have to have patience with AEW. I say it every single time. Why isn't he doing this? Why? We're talking about a, a quick little bill just to throw an ability to get Sanjay Dutt and get yes, get that ratings pop from the big from the big guy from from the former NBA player to show that they have some global appeal. I guess it's ridiculous. I've told you that, but it's it's just a, a guy for. Wardlow to have a really great match with and try to sell it for Saturday night because it's a special show. It's not just a Wednesday night opening match on a Wednesday night. I'm sorry. It pissed you off so much, but it's that or nothing. Just do a quick promo. It gives you a little something. Wardlow's able to cut a promo, which he did a pretty darn good job with other than the world of those world, which I don't think is going to get over. But everything else, Wardlow is now good on the mic. I'm with you. But if you put him out there every week, who are you taking off every other? I mean, he's still splitting time. He has too much talent and he can't get them all on consistently every week. And that's been, I think, a problem to your point. But that's just the way he does it. 
Very rarely do you see him have the same storyline week in, week out, except for CM Punk and MJF. Usually it's they take a week off or maybe a quick little segment here. But very rarely is it someone's on television and out with the crowd every single solitary week, except for CM Punk, MJF. Now it seems like Tony Khan doesn't trust the guy to go out there every single solitary week, with the exception of Moxley, who has been out there every single week. Right. Doing pretty much, and again, no disrespect to Moxley, but pretty much just doing the same thing over and over. I don't agree. I mean, he wins differently pretty much every night, every week. Like it's, you don't know how he's going to win. I and mean, it depends on the person. It really, you have to wrestle Moxley's match, but Moxley sometimes has a tech wrestles technically. Sometimes, I mean, how I, I don't know if I would agree with that per se. Uh, we, you're going to have he's gonna the, bleed. Yeah. He's going yeah, to bleed and you're going to have the, uh, three to five minute slap fest in the middle of the ring each and every time. And, um, you know, and he's going to choke you out most likely. I mean, you could say that about any other wrestler, like I take three things that they do. Well, I guess so, but. I'll you know, take that I'm as a not. win, ladies and gentlemen. Silicon Steve Valley just defended AEW. We'll take. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be right back. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to talk about next? Your your uh, your undisputed elite return. We'll talk about that, and then I think we'll take it easy on AEW. Oh uh, wait, let me go through the line for lineup first because uh, Thunderstorm versus Britt Baker and Jamie Hader. I was okay with a tag team match, but again. You know, I, I, I'm at the point where I think Thunder Rosa is, is going to be short with this title. I don't, it's not going to necessarily be around her waist that much longer. Is that a fair? That's not necessarily but, a bad thing. Tony Storm, I think, might be the girl at All Out. I think that this it was a situation where you're setting up that feud and also a way to get Jamie Hayter over. It was actually very well booked. And luckily for the, uh, luckily for yeah, the performers, actually, luckily for the performers in the, in the, in the, in the match. The crowd liked it a lot more than you did. I didn't even I didn't even comment on it. You just have such a, a negative thing. Like I You said oh it was God. all right. Yeah, it was, it was all right. I mean I mean, do I have to go back and watch it again? No. But I'll say no, this. I, I do just, like hater. And there was there was actually a hater chance going on, and you actually saw some hater signs. She's over like Rover, man. Oh my god, over like Rover. <laughs> we have one sign. She's over like Rover. That's Conrad. Um, that's a that's a Conrad Thompson thing. I mean, if he can uh, say it. I don't think, and I and I don't believe he copyrighted. Wow. So okay, so then we had that. Um, let's see what else we had. Do, do, do. Oh, this one, Powerhouse Hobbs. Come on. What happened? Did you watch it? Yeah. Okay, this guy could be a monster heel. That match was just. Probably the worst match I've seen him have. What what's with the finisher? Yeah, it's not the best. Okay. And then you have Ricky Starks coming out to attack him. And this is one of the things I was thinking about too. Right? Ricky Starks and Hobbs to me were two of the hottest like like commodities that you've had recently. I love them as a tag team. And and even okay, you separate them from the uh team Taz thing. Right. Say they're not even say if they agree, we're we're moving on from Team Taz. You know, it's copacetic. They're not feuding with Hook, whatever the hell the hell is going on. OK, so now you have two of your hottest guys here where it's Starks and Hobbs. You split them up and now you're going to feud them. Now one of them's got to lose. Right. Wow. So. Why are we feuding these two guys versus maybe just having them be friends? They can be friends as heels. They can be friends as faces. But yet you're going to go and sort of demean one of them right off the bat versus – and Starks could play the heel. He could play the face. And, and I'm thinking most likely Hobbs could do the same. But yet we're going to go and have them going at each other versus having them go against somebody else collectively – or separately, but still have some sort of an alliance. I don't understand why you're trying to go and have one of them get over at the expense of the other when they're, again, two of your younger, better talents that are currently on the roster. 
just if it's a taste thing, it's not the way I would have handled it with those two guys. So you're pissed off that the tag team broke up and feuded? Um, it's not that I'm pissed off the tag team broke up and feuded. It's the way they did it. And why would you do it at this moment and at the expense of each other? Like, I'm I pretty high either, I think I think both of them are going to be bigger stars when this feud is over. And that's what they're doing. They're going to go out there and have a banger it all out and be able to build that. They had a friendship that lasted a long time. It was out of nowhere. It was a monster surprise. And I thought it was well done. And I think this build is going to make both of them bigger stars. And I think a lot of people, if you go back, even back in the territory days, you anytime the tag team broke, you always feuded them. Always. Always. And Shawn Michaels. Question. Remember Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty? And maybe yes. you're afraid Marty Jannetty, someone, one of these guys become Marty Jannetty because of it. I don't think. Yeah, it's not, not to that extent. But, but I hope you understand where I'm coming from on this. It's just like, why would I you do? I don't, you... just don't. I think that's. I, I don't. I, I no. I don't really get where you're coming from. I, I get what you're saying. You think the, the guy who loses this feud is going to be buried? I, I wouldn't say buried, but you're not helping his uh, immediate future here. They're going to get a second or third match from the main event and a singles match together, and they're both over. And they're both going to be great. They're going to both be big stars out of this. Um, I don't think either one of them are hurt because of this. They're going to differentiate themselves from each other. Roy, I keep on calling him Roy Hobbs like the natural. Powerhouse <laughs> Hobbs will be able to cut more more promos. Ricky Starks. Oh, n- that's another thing. Ricky Starks is a Ricky Starks is a bona fide star. They saw that they had never had plans of them winning the tag titles, but they were over like that. And so Tony Khan pulled the trigger before anyone saw it coming. Like we saw the, the the elite, which we'll get to in a second. We saw that coming. This nobody saw coming. And Ricky Starks is going to win this dude. He's going to be the biggest star. Or guess what? Yeah, have him beat Hobbs the first time or vice versa. And then they fight a second time. That's how you build stars. That's how you protect them. That's how they've been doing it since the territory days. And in some cases, they might take a year and a half to have that second match. You wouldn't. You, you're right. And you can't wait for the third one. And then hopefully they're not injured and they're all, all still alive and they will, they'll get to that third match. That's um, Yeah. And, and that's another thing. Why wouldn't you have Hobbs explain what he did a week ago and actually cut the promo last night? I agree with that. They should have had the promo cut last night. Not, not that, that that disappointed me most, even beyond like the lack of a good match. I, all right, he he went against I don't know Ham and Eager, if you will. The squash you, match, but I don't know what. Yeah, yeah. And again, I'm just making a point. But you got the squash match, and then you didn't get the fact as to why he felt like he had to turn on his buddy, his brother, the guy that he had his back all this time. Well, I think we're going to find out. Oh, I would hope so. Yeah, you'd think. You'd think you will get an explanation. I would hope. Uh, so then, if they, don't that, give, if they don't give an explanation, then your your argument's valid. If they give an explanation, your argument's kind of like you're just impatient. <laughs> I'm impatient. Uh, I guess I'm impatient. I, I mean, they I, book, I, they I, book like got, molasses. They Tony Khan doesn't give a ah. It is like jerking with a semi. It's kind of like when you're beaten off for like an hour. Right. And you have like the semi, but you put so much effort into beating off. This might not make air, but you put so much effort into it. You just want to finish it. But it, it would have been better if it ended like a half hour, like half hour. They have drawn those out way too much. And I've always admitted that. And this is one of those things, especially considering you're looking for a pay-per-view. Now, he might do it because of this. This is a solid reason. He might have done it because they want to be closer to the pay-per-view because their pay-per-view buy routes really matter. It's one of their biggest bread and butters on, on and, and how they can and the biggest opportunity they have to make money. So if they keep it just a little closer to the main event or the, the pay-per-view, perhaps that's how they're doing it. Until we're a week out and they still don't find out, I'm going to see and wait and see what happens. That's my feeling on that. But I see why you would want to hear it because I did too. Okay. I still want to hear it. And, I'm, I'm, and I hope he does it next Wednesday. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, next match, we are... We go into our time machine into it was in 1998, and we see Matt Hardy versus Christian Cage. Better than I thought it was going to be. It was okay. I mean, you know? 
Eh, they've only they only actually had a couple singles matches in their whole career. I didn't know that until Excalibur told me that. It could have been worse. See, I think that Christian Cage and all them, they only wrestled once a couple times beforehand. Oh, Excalibur didn't open the show with, it's Wednesday and you know what that means. What the hell? I didn't even notice that. Bullshit. I went back and listened to it three times, Excalibur. You are now replaced by Kevin Kelly as the best play-by-play guy in the business. Oh, I forgot. Triple H is in charge. Michael Cole is now the greatest threat announcer ever. I forgot. That's when I knew there was a, a sickness, a disease. Has anybody, has he commented like he forgot to open it up or was that a creative choice there? I have, that's what I don't know. I think it was a fuck up because he seemed like he was rushing a little bit more. Maybe he had done some of Tony Khan's Coke. It's Adderall. I need some Adderall too. I understand. So anyway, we move on. Christian Cage, uh, Matt Hardy. Yeah. It served its purpose to get Luchasaurus up there. Now we can get into Luchasaurus a little bit. Again, you're just the way you are, way you are right now in terms of booking, what's going on with This is what you're probably thinking. What's going on with Luchasaurus? How come I don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy yet? Like, what the fuck? This guy was a monster a couple weeks ago, a fucking monster a couple weeks ago with Christian Cage on his way. People are calling him next Kane, and now he's just Jungle Boy's bitch again. Just a little bitch fucking everything up. Right. I mean, do you think he's going to turn, or do you think it's he's going to stick with it? I think he's turning. I think he's definitely turning. I think they wanted his heel turn to be more impactful. And we could be waiting all the way to all out for it. Because if you notice, Luchasaurus's body language hasn't been super I am Jungle Boy's buddy. I think Luchasaurus turns at all out. And I think then you're going to see that monster run that you kind of saw happen. Right. I think, um, And I think this is all a work with, with Christian Cage. Right, and then they'll they'll basically drive out uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry there. I um, think that I think there will be some jobbing done by one of the pillars. But to be yeah. fair, and you know, I was not a fan of Jungle Boy. It seems like he is getting a little bit more evolution to his character. He can cut promos now, which was unheard of five years ago. So you do like what you're seeing, or sorry, even two years ago, even a year ago, really. So. You like what you're seeing there. And again, he's over. I don't love Jungle Boy. You know that, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's liked for sure. Um, you know, it's he's got a lot of emotional, like, ties to the topic is the way Christian played it. And Brilliant, by moving the way. on from, yeah, moving on from here, it's a very dark and evil way that Christian went. And we'll see how this all sort of impacts the three of them. And, and again, you know, I've never been a Luchasaurus fan by any means, but he was definitely used properly in the Christian Cage sort of way. I mean, he did totally remind me of Kane. I mean, it, and it was used properly and all that. And that was the thing, too. It's like, what didn't um uh, didn't uh, Jungle Boy say something like, uh, you know, uh, what was his reasoning for, for Jungle Boy sticking with with uh, Christian? Did he address that? Like, he mentioned, like, uh, he just to keep him close to him or something or what like how did he well he basically said he had luchasaurus protect christian cage so nobody can get to jungle boy first or nobody can get to christian cage before jungle boy so i thought that was jungle i thought that might have been a a little i wouldn't say career change i think they were going to push him anyway but i think it really altered a lot of people's opinion to jungle boy's promo ability i thought he came out was aggressive made fun of him Going through a divorce. Yeah. I was wondering, I thought they opened infidelity on national television when he was offering to bang Jungle Boy's mom. Wouldn't it be great if Jungle Boy's mom interfered for Christian? Yeah, that would be dark. Oh, it would be perfect. That would be right out of the Vinnie Mac playbook. That's from like 2001. Trish Stratus. Tonguing Vince McMahon. Like open tongue, and right in front of a comatose Linda McMahon. Yeah, I think a lot of people realize that ma- that marriage had trouble back then as well. <laughs> you know, um, man, when 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 art imitates life, man. Uh, the next thing we had was the dumpster match. 
which definitely was a callback to Chainsaw Charlie, Cactus Jack, New Age Outlaws, right? With Billy uh, Gunn, which I didn't even realize Billy Gunn was in that match too. I don't know why. Right. I, I forgot he was even in that match. Yeah, and and again, I and I, I texted you today. I'd say probably in AEW that the acclaimed is might be my second favorite tag team behind FTR at this moment. Love the rap. Love I love um, Bowens and the way he reacts to what Caster is saying, and their energy together is really good. It's uh, it's organic, authentic is one of our favorite words around here. Um, and and those guys are going to be tag team champs, and rightfully so one day. Um, there's a lot of upside to both of them, and um, and I can't, and even the gun even the gun club and there there's those guys are going to be good as well. So um, yeah, I was cool with this match or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean again, uh, you know it's a dumpster match. I get it, total gimmick. You know I wasn't expecting much, but it was almost as if they sort of did replay the whole damn. WrestleMania match that we saw with Chainsaw Charlie and, and Cactus, you know, back then. Oh, the styrofoam, yeah, and the styrofoam stuff. And what's funny yeah. is I think I told talked to you about this via text. Mm-hmm. That's like notoriously a horrible spot that they all wrote about in the book. They all made fun of it in their book because it's supposed to be this really devastating look. And then you see yep. just this really soft popcorn that they landed on. And everyone's like, oh, that's not really hardcore. Isn't he a hardcore legend? But <laughs> so it was just uh, funny they did that exactly. But that was quickly made up for a much crazier spot when I actually, this kid's going to, he might be a world champion. I'm talking about uh, platinum Max Caster dropping that elbow, the mic drop through the table. Right. That was nice to see a really good ending for that. They might've stolen the show in many respects at aspects of it. Anyway. Yeah. And then you, you know what the crowd digs them too, man. And you know, you're using the term over like Rover, they are definitely it. And when you have uh, guys looking to scissor each other, when these, when these two are coming out, you know, it's, uh, you want to scissor? It's definitely. Oh, it's scissor. It's scissor. We should scissor sometimes. Come on, scissor. Come on, scissor. You and I don't scissor enough. Well, scissor. I'm giving you a chance to scissor. Go ahead, scissor. You got to put it. Scissor. scissor. Yeah, I don't know if you scissored. I don't think you got there. I scissored. Yeah. We'll scissor. We'll scissor again. <laughs> You would know well, if I said you. you know what? Well, that's two segments in a row you've been very positive about. So maybe I'm being a bit harsh. Me. Yeah. You're still. Yeah, yeah. I think you're a little, uh, little defensive about Mr. Khan's product here. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm just not head over heels of it. Like, you know, some people in this chat room. Um, yeah. And then, uh, then, you know, we're, you know, we're saving the elite thing for the last, uh, but then the main event of course was Wheeler Yuta against Chris Jericho. Exactly. Uh, what I thought I, it, was gonna be. it was a yeah, good match. Exactly. exactly what yeah. I thought. It was exactly what I thought as well. Um, you know, I, and I'll be honest with you. I think Jericho beats Moxley. Oh my God. That would be a disaster. And it's going to be when punk returns, it's going to be Jericho punk. Pro wrestling versus sports entertainment. I think, ah, I don't think so. It's going to be FTR and Punk against the Jericho Appreciation Society. That's that's if I had a bet right now, that's what I would. That's where I put my chips on. I hope not. And consider and considering I have a four match lead on you, I could do these sort of things. You do. You do. You, you took me out at SummerSlam. I uh, oh, destroyed you. It's destroyed me. Absolutely destroyed me. Um, I knew I was losing the Mysterios, but I did think that the Street Poverty were going to win because I'm just honestly, I think it was more hoping because I'm just tired of the Usos. Yeah. Um, and when we talk about WWE, I, 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 remind me about that. There's something I, I got to touch basically on that for sure. Um, Go on. But, uh, you know, I, I, I just, I, you know, at, at the end of the day, I think it was, uh, I think it's, I don't think it happens. I think Moxley has made a statement. I think he's been there every single solitary week other than when he went away and he's carrying the company. He's on his back in many respects right now. And I wouldn't say in all respects, but many respects, I think Jericho does the J O B next Wednesday. I don't think they put the title on Jericho. I think that would piss a lot of people. I think it a piss a lot of people off and B. I just I don't want to see that. I don't think many people do. I think that would be he would be it'd be go away heat. It wouldn't be heat like, oh, you're great heel. But why do you say that? I just I got a feeling because I'm looking at it. Moxley's sort of a face when punk returns, unless he does some banger sort of crazy, uh, you know, 
piss on the crowd sort of uh, promo, he's going to be a face. I think they're doing you know? face first face, and I think one of them turns heel in the match. <sighs> Perhaps, but I just I have a feeling that Jericho and his influence and what he's been on quite the streak lately. I, I could see, and plus Moxley beat him, right? Yes. So he sort of owes, and in some ways, he kind of owes Jericho one. I mean, there's all that, but I just don't think it's the right play to. I mean. I mean, I just don't think Jericho is that guy anymore. I don't think he's that guy in the company anymore. I think it's a good way to keep Moxley busy until they figure out who he's wrestling it all out. Yeah. Any word on on Punk and as far as like his health? Uh, Like, is it? No, they keep that stuff very close to the vest. So the surprises are big. They have always done that. uh, Opposed to WWE, they actually usually give a timetable, which is interesting. But WWE never tells you when they are coming back. So I think AEW does the same kind of thing. They're always very vague, and it's usually a pretty good surprise when they come out. Yeah, I know. I know. Punk was at uh, Comic Con recently, a couple weeks ago, and he was still in that walking boot. And, and evidently, people are saying that he was sort of looking pretty labored in terms of how he's walking. But he might still have found himself. Too. He's he's the kind of guy that yeah. would work the crowd too, though. Yeah. He was able to it's find just, himself in the cover of that video game. Though. Walking like that. it's, that's kind of ridiculous if it's still walking like that when you heard it. Well, it's only a month and a half, so we'll see. What were you saying? Yeah. Um, I mean, he was able to walk himself onto the cover of that video game, though. Well, I guess you want to talk about that. Ladies and gentlemen, Tony Khan's obsession with CM Punk is now devaluing other members of that roster. There is no goddamn way you put CM Punk front and center, everyone in the backdrop to the left or to the right. And here's a copy. Here's a copy of the copy. Here it is right there. You have Omega and Moxley to the right, Jade Cargo all the way up top, Jericho and Britt Baker. I can make an argument for at least four of them, maybe not Jade Cargo, but four of them. Eh, Britt Baker's not CM Punk either, but it just, to me, Kenny Omega, minimally, if not Kenny Omega, Moxley, like all of them, like big together. But to have CM Punk dead center up in the front where everyone's kind of in the background, it was almost like that moment in Almost Famous where the lead singer has, where the, where the lead singer is pissed off because a guitar gets like all the shine. Right. If I was Moxley or Kenny Omega, I would be fuming. Kenny Omega literally created the goddamn game. And Moxley has essentially been there since day one, since the very first pay-per-view. And for CM Punk, who hasn't even put in, literally, folks, hasn't even put in a year in the company yet, swoops in and gets it because of what he did 12 years ago. I think that's a joke, and I think it's a slap in the face. And CM Punk, similar to what he said to John Cena, CM Punk has become the very thing he despises. He's become John Cena. They're looking to sell these video games, right? (laughs) Yeah, you're right. And so he's the most recognizable face in the company, and that's I would have put him in the same place. That's because you're an AEW homer. I got I, I you're the uh, AEW homer. I, I'm just saying how if I wanted to sell a video game, I'm gonna I I'd go and put the uh I'd put the most recognizable guy in and maybe a WWE fan who's not necessarily familiar with AEW, they'd say, Whoa, wait wait a second here. CM Punk, what's he doing there? There you go. <laughs> There's a whole section of what can CM Punk say about WWE. <laughs> create your promo at CM Punk, but you can only talk about how bad and shitty WWE is. Yeah. I mean, Hey, listen, you know, you were pretty fired up when you texted me about that. And I knew that if it was you, you would have put Kenny in the middle of it. Right. I think he's the guy. I think he's the heart. Whatever. He, you know what? He's been out for almost a year. Screw him too. Just Kenny, Kenny, get back. We love you. But anywho, cause he watches the show regularly. Oh yeah. Yep, 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 yep. We can move on to the elite, though, because we I think we're going to have pretty... I, I, 
it could have been done better. I, I will come out and say that it, 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 the reaction it got, and this is where I see a little bit with AEW too. They, they can do no wrong with a lot of people. I thought it could have been done a little bit better. I thought Bobby Fish's attack was weird and looking initially, but then you kind of pointed out that he was going for that look. And they, of course they did have the sleeper hold, but why would you put the sleeper hold on first? It just didn't, uh, to, I just didn't to subdue him. And he's such a great wrestler. That's what he does. Okay. I mean, maybe I overreact, but people are saying they were shocked. I didn't think this was a shocking moment at all. I thought it was telegraphed a mile away. It's yeah. still going to be a great story. And this is a chance for them to kind of redeem themselves of what they've been doing the last six months. Um, this is their big shot here, man. I think this is actually a very big angle for the elite. And they're going to have to really execute this. It got off to a good start with their hardcore fans, but we'll see how it progresses. And let's see where the story goes. I'm interested because I, I, he said Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly are not medically cleared. Then why even start the angle yet? Body right. daddy, you didn't like this at all. I thought it could have been better, but I thought it was. I didn't good. even say anything yet. Again, you're putting words in my mouth. Okay, what did you think about it, Flatty? Oh, my God. You have such a predisposition. You're like, oh, he's not going to like AEW or anything that leaked us. I didn't. You like, hinted it's not the worst. That you didn't like it earlier in the second. And I'm not like head over heels over it. I'm not like, oh, my God. I, was, I wasn't I was the kid crying in the crowd. I was sort of, I was, as a matter of fact, when they showed the kid, I did laugh out loud and I started taking pictures. <laughs> like, it was a I child like, body, a goddamn child body, daddy. <laughs> he's like, oh, they hit, they hit the young bucks. So, and again, um, I, I don't really have the emotion invested in them as you do. And even, uh, uh, you know, an Adam Cole fan, I think he's really gone down the drain since arriving at AEW. Um, and he's really just dropped for me uh, as as has Red Dragon. That's um, This is a very important thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is huge. They, they got to, you know, like sort of... Um, reinvigorate what they had at one point and then hopefully they can do it because AEW needs it. Really, they do. They need these guys to be like getting attention, grabbing attention. And the only thing, you know, that really the thing that grabbed my attention here was this, uh, you know, Hangman Page runs out there and the most distracting thing of it was his jeans. That wasn't really cowboy shit, was it? It was so far from it. And it's just like, you know what, man? Like, somebody's got to just be like, listen, I know you want to be you, but when you're running out there to go save your buddies with a, you know, a, whatever it was, a pipe, you, you probably shouldn't wear the jeans with the butterflies. If you want to wear them backstage and then go out to dinner with them and be you, fine, man. It's all good. But when you're presenting something on TV and you want to be, and you want the crowd chanting cowboy shit, um, how about you leave the butterflies in the backstage in the locker room and go and save your butts? I have a question. Yeah. What if it comes out that the butterflies signified something very important? Again, like I don't need to read tea leaves to get to the story. Like this is not Ernest Hemingway. Like seriously. <laughs> like, oh my God, just cut to the chase, save your buddies, tell the dark order to go pound salt and go and, and team up with your, with your pals here. Well, it's a big, again, it's going to be a big angle. I think it ends with maybe Omega coming back, but we got to see what happens here. This is a very, I think, it, I don't think it's such an important angle for the Bucks and Hangman. I think it's an important for Red Dragon and I call him Red Dragon because Red Dragon would have two Ds, right? Or do you say it really fast? Like Red Dragon? Like Red Dragon? Yeah, I don't, yeah, I, you know, then it's got to be a copyright thing because of the movie and the book, right? <laughs> There should be a hyphen. We're going to redragon this thing. Um, I, I, possibility, too. Yeah, I could hear you, uh, but it sounded a little weird just when you talked there. Yeah, I'm going to do it know. again. Yeah, because it popped yeah. out. This is a possibility, too. Perhaps Vince McMahon was right about all three of them. Um, it's a, there, there's a chance. I mean, but again, They've gone to AEW, and I saw them in NXT rule with an iron fist, and they were good together. They go to AEW, and they do, and they work with their friends. And what do they work with? They work with Orange Cassidy. They work with Dark Order. They work with each other. 
And you and I are talking about how they're basically underwhelming. They shouldn't oh. be underwhelming right now. They put on good matches. They've had always they always been out and put out a good match. It's not about the moves. Um, but it's true. I, 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 I can't really say like how many matches I've been really impressed with since they've been there. And I and I saw Adam Cole wrestle Rick, Ricochet in person, and I was blown away in Brooklyn. Oh, Adam Cole, I would agree with. I don't think he's put on specifically any bangers yet. But Reed, Red Dragon, they have been in quite a number of really good matches and tag team matches. They were, they were for the tag team titles, I think. I forget what pay-per-view it was when they first came over. Um, they, I think they were involved in a tag team title match with the Young Bucks and Luchasaurus. Or, I'm sorry, Lucha Express. Jurassic Express. I'm so glad they're done. I hated that tag team. But they had a really good they, they put on good matches, too, though. So they, they got my respect that. But anyway, I, I've been underwhelmed with them. They're supposed to be these guys who ran, like you said, ran shop in NXT. I just haven't seen it. Adam Cole gets the big pop. We get it. Everyone says Adam Cole. He's yeah. great. He's great. That's 90 That's ninety percent of him at this point. I never saw much more than it was, to be honest with you. But I wasn't an NXT guy. I just took your word for it. And I took my AEW sexuals word for it, too, that he's great. I haven't. Eh? Vince might have been right. Just shaved his head and called him Budge Cole. Ugh, another reference of fucking John Silver. Another waste. Um, is he a waste yeah. or the fact he's not on TV is a waste? Uh, I think he is a waste of TV time anytime he has been on it, yes. I don't agree. I'm very entertained. Of course not. Johnny Hungy. Yeah, of course you are, because you watch their YouTube show and you're invested in it. And I watch it. I'm like, I can't wait to skim through this and see something of importance. It has not been good lately either. I will be honest. Doc Silgo's brother's on TV every single week for like 10 minutes. That's an exaggeration, but he's on a good portion of the show every single week. Hmm. Dolph Ziggler's brother. I mean, he's yeah, yeah. Nick Namath, right? No, that's actually that's actually Dolph Ziggler. He's Ryan Nemeth. Ryan, Ryan, okay, I'm sorry. So, yeah, but it hasn't been great lately, but I think it's going to get better now because they have actual storyline that they can work with. The problem is that the elite and the undisputed elite have had injuries. They've had issues. They probably had something planned with Kenny when he came back, but he can never come back. He didn't come back in time. Um, so they've been kind of um, – and also – Cole's been injured. O'Reilly's been injured. So they've really had a rough first year. 100%. 1,000%. So this is very important for those three guys. Because you know, Hangman and the Bucks will be fine. The Bucks will be, just put them with FTR and he, as soon as they, you can for Vladdy takes a shit. Oh, that's right? not going to happen. That, that, that's, gonna, that's not going to happen for two years now. I wouldn't say two years, but probably I would say six months to a year, like I said the other day. The bu- the Bucks are going to be faces now with Hangman and probably Kenny, and they're going to rule the trios division, and they're going to f- feud with uh, House of Black and whatever other heels they can. Well, the way you run a, a, a triples division, it's not like it's you're, you're going to give that division shit every single week. The, the, the triples division is going to get it be on TV once or twice a month tops. So it's going to mostly be about their tag team. It's not going to be all about the triples. So that's usually how they book. That's how Ring of Honor booked it, and that's how New Japan books it. So I would assume they would kind of go toward that end of it. And also, I'm pretty sure it's how NWA used to do it as well. I, I think I hear what you're saying, but I think look, they had one that the Young Bucks were the baby faces. They had one that Dax and Shep. I almost said Dax and Shepard. Dax and Cash were the baby faces. <laughs> now Dax you have Shepherd. them both, and then you have them fight the three out of three. Just no emotional invested either way. It's just who are the two best champions? Who are the two best teams? So that could be something that they're going for. It really could be because you never got the fact that they hated each other. You got more of the fact that they are just pissed off because they truly believe they're the best tag team on this planet. And the Young Bucks feel like they are. And FTR thinks that they are. And more importantly, there are fans passionate about either side. You and I are on Team FTR. Right. But that might be what that might be by design. You don't need to have 
a baby face or heel. However, I rather have a baby. I'd rather have a heel Bucks and a baby face FTR for the third match. That's me. And you probably agree with that because I want totally. to hate the Bucks more. Yeah. I don't hate them though. Cause every time they have a big match, they kill it. So. Yeah. I, I just, uh, and then the other thing that's disappointing too, is as of this moment, FTR doesn't necessarily have the championship that truly means everything. I will say this. FTR literally, and uh, this is not an exaggeration, they take their careers very seriously. And right now they are literally looking at it. At least that's what they're saying everywhere they are. They are looking at it like we are going to represent New Japan Pro Wrestling. We're going to, we are going to represent Ring of Honor. I don't think they're the AAA champions anymore. They might still be. I don't know if they lost. Yeah, they are there. No, they have it. I mean, that, I mean, you look at that. Ring of Honor, New Japan, AAA. They really hold those tag team championships very dear. And they hold their roles in those companies very, very dear. Dax and Cash have both said repeatedly this is the best year of their careers. And they are absolutely in love with what they're doing. So I think it's a situation where they're going to be a they're not being wasted at all because of what they're doing elsewhere. And every time they show up, the crowd is electric. Do I want to see them on my TV every week? Yeah, I do. But they might be the kind of act that gets kind of stale if you give them to them every single solitary week. I'm not sure. They might not be. But they're having the time of their life. And that Young Bucks FTR match, for the simplicity of it just being a great professional wrestling match, that might be what they're going for. I don't agree with it, though. Yeah, I would have preferred to see uh, the actual AEW tag team belts involved, considering I'm watching AEW. I'm not watching New Japan. I'm not watching Ring of Honor is a federation without a show. You know, AAA, I'm not really going down to Mexico anytime soon. And this is where I feel they've gotten shortchanged as their fan. And that makes sense. But I think. Again, it's a longer story. I mean, Cash has repeatedly, and he's the guy. I'm sorry, Dax. I keep on saying Cash. Dax is more of the vocal ones, particularly on Twitter. Dax continuously brings up things about the Young Bucks or brings up things about how they should be AEW tag champions. They're keeping that part invested. They're keeping their fans. Hey, look, we're getting ducked. What's the fucking problem? So I think they're going to come out. What you're going to see is, and I hope anyway, you're going to see them come out and cut a promo. Like, we have every single damn belt in here. We've defended them. You know, maybe they do a tour over New Japan. They come back off of that tour. And then they cut a promo saying, we're fucking tired of waiting. We're tired. And we want those AEW World Championships. We want them now, whatever, to an electric crowd. They finally cut that promo voicing all of the frustration that you, me, and a lot of us all on the internet are feeling about Dax and Cash. Maybe they're waiting for them to cut that seminal promo, similar to the last one that that Dax cut about his little girl. But but even more so because it's going to be speaking for all of us opposed to speaking for himself. So I think that could lead to a really brilliant moment if they do it right. But when are the tag title, where are the AEW tag titles going to be involved? That's a quick snap. AEW, all you have to see is tax go out and cut that promo. They win the tag titles. That's all that has to happen. Well, I expect them to win it uh, against Swerve and Keith Lee at All Out. That's what should happen. That's exactly what should happen. Tony might say, fuck it, put this rookie on that I never heard of. I jumped Keith Lee last week with him. I don't know. (laughs) Yes, it's strange again. Um That is the thing about Tony. He gets a new toy, and it's like he has to open the box right away, and he has to have all the new toys. He's got too many fucking toys, so so no matter what Tony does, people are going to bitch about somebody not getting television time, or people are going to bitch. I mean, it's just... Anytime I'll put this guy on TV. Well, who are you taking off? That's not over. Let me rephrase. I know you dig off about five people that we can name off the top of our heads, but... Unfortunately, most of those people are really popular with the AEW crowd. So it's kind of like fucking Miz, man. Or who is really over it? You know, it just it's you get you have these people that's over, and you, they're not going anywhere because they're they're making money and they're getting the crowds excited. Orange Cassidy is one of the leaders in merch still. There was Ethan Page pointed out, and I saw two people dressed like Orange Cassidy this past week. Like he, he he seems like his popularity has even grown 
Much to your chagrin, body daddy. He could, ah. It always seems to entertain me for some reason. I don't know. Maybe I have the AEW goggles on. I don't know. You have the orange Cassidy shades. And I'm just tired of the same old routine over and over. And this is the other thing, too. It's not like orange Cassidy's this young up-and-comer. Now he's 38, I think. He's 38 years old. You know, it's like it's not like he's a pillar. No, no. I, but I, but again, he, he makes money. He oh, talks yeah, about it. Tony Khan's that. trying to Tony Khan has to get some numbers, even though it looks like by all signs pointing that AEW and, and Discovery are, are in good shape. Oh, no, nope. no, sir. Well, what happened now? Dude, I went and researched this after we went uh, and exchanged, uh, you know, the, the texted uh, about it. And uh, let me just find the email. Right. Did Time Warner and um, it's, uh, Warner Brothers right now, they are in bad shape, man. Hold on a second. Um, so this is from New York Post, right? Uh, went and highlighted some of the things. Tony better start growing his TV audience. He better start like working this. If he's and, and, and this is really important. So this is some of the things I highlighted. Okay, shares tumbled nearly ten percent in after hours trading today or yesterday. Um, Warner Brothers CEO um, David uh, Zal uh, Zaslav. Uh, has come under fire for his cost-cutting decision since the merger, including the scrapping of the already completed Batgirl movie. Warner Brothers spent a hundred, I think, a hundred million dollars on this DC comic movie, which they brought back Michael Keaton to play Batman, and they decided to not release it because they don't want to market it or pay the actors on the back end. Okay, that means they're not looking to spend money. They already made the movie, and they're not releasing it. That's huge. Uh, he announced that more layoffs will be coming and said HBO Max and Discovery will be merged next summer. Um, during, the quarter, uh, during the quarter, the media giant posted a net loss of $3.42 billion, or a loss of $1.50 a share. The loss included over $2 billion dollars. Uh, of intangibles as well as $1 billion in restructuring and other changes, as well as nearly $1 billion in transaction and integration costs. Um, and then here we get to the a little bit of the uh, further in it. Uh, there have also been rampant rumors that there would be some fallout from the merger of the films um, of the uh, firm's two biggest streaming services, HBO Max and Discovery Plus, which totally, this is where Tony Khan wants to get onto. And be streamed with his with his library and Ring of Honor's library that he owns, which is a big thing. It was smart for Tony to buy that. Okay, mm -hmm. I can't take that away from. Him, okay, uh, it's, and if I had Tony's money, I would have done the same thing. All right. Uh, so on Wednesday, Hollywood Trade, the Wrap, reported that uh, the company plans to lay off seventy percent of its business development. Oh, uh, they also vowed this. The CEO also vowed that they're not going to be overspending quote-unquote, and they're also currently scrambling to shore up costs and buffer ratings while looking for ways to drum up new revenue streams as the network's profits are reportedly poised to drop below the $1 billion mark for the first time since 2016. So if Tony wants to, wanna, wants to just, you know, uh, basically do what he keeps on doing uh, and not necessarily grow his TV audience for TNT or TBS, they're going to think, well, why should we renew them? They're not creating more revenue. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, if I everything, know. I mean, if it goes the way it looks, and yeah, you are, you're right. I was wrong. They and, just did a, they just did a big release about their partnerships and such as well. And Thunder Rosa was prominently displayed. That's why I was saying. Versus Punk and versus Moxley versus Kenny, the Bucks. Yeah, that is weird. But they might want to be uh, showing. Are they even paying attention to the product? Like Thunder Rosa could barely is barely holding onto the strap. <laughs> well, then he is in trouble. If that's the case, then it's going to be big trouble. This is going to be big news by the time we're talking about it. 
Yeah, I'm just saying not to assume it because I, I, I thought they might have been in the clear. And then I saw this report going and I was like, oh, I heard about the merger of Disney Plus, I'm sorry, Discovery Plus and HBO Max joining forces. I'm like, oh, that I thought, oh, that should actually be uh, an improvement for. But I did hear that. But I did hear that live events is part of what they want to do. So Rampage, okay. Rampage might be in trouble, though, because it's not live, which might be a reason it's live this week. It's a very good point because that was what I heard. They wanted to continue live events. That was the big point of why I think they're going to be okay. And and if you're Tony Khan and company, you definitely don't want to mail it in on Rampage. They got to make it a Friday night event. I understand they're not going to get the ratings of a of Dynamite or any of the WWE shows at this moment, but they got to make it a thing like where it's like, oh, okay, you know what? I'm going to DVR and watch this for sure. Versus just like skip over and not care. Like, as you admitted yourself, Mr. AEW, like the biggest fan I know, you weren't even watching it because, hey, nothing really happens. No, exactly. I, I've been very so, critical. And by the way, AEW Rampage just had the worst ratings ever. Yep. So, and that that also comes with three days later, Raw has beat SmackDown from the from the prior Friday. Yep. Raw over two million in over two years. First time in over two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, just, uh, you know, letting you know what I found out after you, you and I texted, I was like, wow, I couldn't believe it. And uh, and again, it's not like I'm invested myself in Warner Brothers or anything, but um, it is something, you know, on an entertainment level I'm interested in because I do have HBO Max. I do have Discovery Plus. And I was thinking, oh, OK, this is a good sign for AEW where I'm like, I could just walk, put on HBO Max and I can watch any Ring of Honor. I could watch like old school, you know, yeah. CM Punk matches or whatever. And I'm I'm actually intrigued. I want to see Kevin still matches. Yeah, yeah, and I'm hoping it does, but he needs to go and really gear it up and start putting a product out there that people want to see on Wednesday nights and, more importantly, on Friday nights. Yeah, I think Rampage is going to be in trouble, if anything. Um, they got to push it. But, hey, that's what we got in AEW. You know what, Vladdy? Not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I really, I really honestly. Say, I call it down the middle. We didn't get too much into the elite thing. But you, you, you said you weren't invested, so I think it's all we needed to do. Um, I thought Cole cut a good promo. But again, it was so telegraphed. You knew it was it coming was. a mile away. Yeah. So, you know, especially, no, you know, I know you weren't a huge fan of it, but especially coming off of Hobbs, how he turned, it was so out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. This was something that we saw coming. If you're watching Being the Elite, you knew something like this was coming. Um, now I think it's more a build of when Hangman, they do the big hug, and they do, you know, that whole moment. Which yeah, I, I personally I found I felt that it was going to happen because just the way they were positioned in the ring, body language, even a little bit by all five, uh, by the five of them at that point, and I'm like, oh, here we go. This is this is where uh, Silicon Steve Valley is going to shed a tear. Well, I saw red red yeah. Well, I saw Red Dragon too behind the box. Yeah. So that was the weird positioning. Um, mm-hmm. A couple production things too. There was a spot where all five of them were doing. Red Dragon was were on top of the ropes, and then the second, and then the Bucks were doing their thing, and Adam Cole did his thing. And they could have gotten the whole spot if they did it very briefly. They should have gotten it all. Yeah, little things like that they still do. And I'm surprised you didn't bring up the best friends, or maybe you did. I don't think I don't remember it, but they were on TV. Did you notice that they were on TV for like about? 10 seconds before they were supposed to come out. Like you've used to, you didn't see it. Okay. Maybe not many people did. I didn't recognize it. Yeah. I didn't see it. Check they it were right when they first introduced the one in a billion. Sutton Singh, And he showed yeah. up while lethal and Cassidy were brawling in the tunnel. You saw the fluorescent tie dye jumpsuit as they were trying to get the coat on. You actually saw them on camera doing this. And I don't know if they're trying to get the code on. They were they were doing something because you could still see most of their tie dye stuff. And it was there for a while. It wasn't like they were just there. It was there for a while. Now, because they are comedic, that might be a bit over. But they've done this several times before. They they do a bit where they're bumbling and fucking it up on the way out. So that might have been the case. So there might be some added joke there. But if it wasn't, wow, talk about indie. indie. But we'll see. It might be something. Right. It might be a bigger. I, they're professionals and they've been around for a while. I think it was a, it was it was intentional, but no one brought it up though. That's why I don't know if it was intentional. But that's beside the point. But go back and watch it. It was right when they were fighting up the ramp. Okay. Yeah, I'll check it out. 
the best friends were in the tunnel and you saw the, the you didn't see them, but you saw their, their, their clothes because it was so neon tied. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and, wait, and, wait, and, and let me ask you real quick before you go into WWE and uh, in regards to uh, Sanjay Dutt, like what do you think of his promo, like getting uh, pushing the feud with uh, Wardlow? That was good. Nothing bad. Nothing crazy. I mean, he's. I don't know what makes him special yet. My I agree. Open, I'm, I'm open to it. Um, and the same thing with with Stoke with uh, Stokely Hathaway. Yeah. I don't see what makes these guys great yet. I know they they have their careers, and I've done some research on them, and they're they've had moments. But I want to see some in AEW. I don't have an emotional investment to them, so I'd like to see it more. It looks like, particularly Hathaway, he's going to get more opportunity now. He's taking on. Lee Moriarty, and now, of course, he looks like he's taking on all-ego Ethan Page. So we're going to be able to see these guys get their chops. Sanjay Dutt, I don't, I don't think Jay Lethal needs Sanjay Dutt, put it to that one. I agree with you, and, and the reason I asked that is, you know, you and I um, did uh, basically discuss or, you know, like texted each other about it, but Sanjay Dutt has, a, has a, an important position here with this company now. I know he's what the head of creative or one of the. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry for the delay. I'm just bringing it up. I just didn't want to misspeak. Sanjay Dutt has been promoted to vice president of production and creative coordination. In this role, he will coordinate communication of AEW storylines, liaise between post production and key staff to maintain content workflow, produce ancillary uh, content, and mentor new producers. Uh, let's see. He's got 20 years of experience, uh, both in ring and as a producer, and continues to serve on screen as manager to Satnam, Satnam Singh and Jay Lethal. Well, so he's he's basically, you know, taking on a pretty big role. As is QT Marshall. Another, he's been promoted to vice president of show and creative coordination. And. Then you have some other guy by the name of Pat Buck, who's been promoted to vice president of talent and development. Now, with those three, I just I just put out there three vice president titles. How many vice presidents are in this company, including the Bucks and McKenney? I mean, he's just throwing out. I mean, he can do whatever the hell he wants. You know what? You're vice, you're vice president of creative for high spots and cheap pops. Congratulations. I'm vice president of Mark. Yeah. Everybody's a vice president. So, like, I'm wondering what's going on here with, like, because I know Kenny and, and the Bucks had some creative influence, right? Well, this is the, I don't think it's going to impact creative at all. It's not like they are head of creative. It sounds like they are going to be, their roles are going to be. So, it's Sanjay Dutt, he, I think he has he has produced Ring of Honor shows, a lot of Ring of Honor shows, and he's done some yeah. other things. So, he, behind the scenes, he might be more valuable. I think one of the reasons they brought him. I don't think on screen he's all that great. But yeah, I'm not yeah, I'm not buying it yet. I mean, I don't think any of those guys are gonna have the kind of stroke that the Bucks and Omega have because no one gives a shit about him on the screen. I think this is legit. They think they're gonna be good at these jobs. I don't think it's because QT Marshall is gonna get the TNT push. Right. So yeah, yeah, Q, we'll yeah, see. Yeah. That's a wait and see. I don't know I, I don't know enough about their behind the scenes stuff to give a fair estimate or guess how it's going to be but Tony does need help in those areas so this might be a big help to him so hopefully it alleviates some of the shit that's maybe causing some of the problems that we've been seeing certainly some of the problems we've seen in terms of communication because if there's been one gripe about Tony Khan is that he hasn't been communicative with his staff and with the wrestlers that aren't going to be wrestling for them anymore yeah, you know what? And that to me was always sour grapes. I never really sided or, or uh, with any of the wrestlers that came out and said, "Oh, he, you know, he definitely wasn't reaching out to me." Blah blah blah. It's like this guy's busy, man. Well, I mean, I think if you're not going to sign somebody, you should let them know well ahead of time and give them a heads up. However, I think a lot of it is hurt feelings. Certainly, Swole was. I don't care. <laughs> Swole was certainly hard feelings. Janella was hard feelings. But at the end of the day, are either, should either of them been on being on TV at that time? No, no, they were sort of like filtered off. And I mean, what Tony Khan's got to make time for Marco stunt and say, "Hey, Marco, you want to hang out a little bit?" Sorry, you haven't been on TV much. I mean, that's not even realistic. 
Marco Stunt got more out of this business than he'll ever, than most people, most professional wrestlers ever do. So God bless him for that. <laughs> now he's playing music to wrestling fans all over the place. Good for him. Oh, that's awesome. Living his dream. He'll be able to get booked anywhere, anytime. Come on. Living the dream. Good job, Marco. I don't know what dream he's living, but I'm glad he's not on TV anymore. Well, so interesting. Well, I, I think AEW is going into uh, some really good moments. You have a lot of really good players coming back, and you're setting up for a pay-per-view. So usually the best time of AEW is the four weeks before a pay-per-view. That's exactly where we're at. I thought this was off to a good start. Letting some of these seeds, storyline seeds, starting to sprout up a little bit. So I think you're going to see AEW start to cook a little bit. 